Welcome to the Law Firm Growth Podcast, where we share the latest tips, tactics, and strategies for scaling your practice from the top experts in the world of growing law firms. Are you ready to take your practice to the next level? Let's get started. Hey, welcome back to the Law Firm Growth Podcast. I'm your host as always, Jan Roos, and we are here today with a solo pod. So this is a recent article that we wrote uh, called Don't Split Test That, Data Dogma and How It Could Be Sabotaging Your Law Firm Marketing. So without further ado, let's get started. Here's one of my favorite clickbait headline tropes. Company X boosted the leads they got in traffic by 25% after changing their contact us button from red to green. Sounds awesome, right? How many 25% boosts could be hiding right under your nose? I'm practically planning my next vacation already. Now don't get me wrong, these are real results and often come from smart, well-respected experts. They're intellectually rigorous and would pass muster even from a PhD in statistics. The problem is, it probably doesn't apply to anything you're trying to do with your law firm's marketing. And you could be wasting money, delaying your results, or worse, if you think they do. Data dogmatism. The word data gets thrown around in a lot in marketing these days. We're in the age of machine learning and Don Draper has been thrown out in favor of a server farm in Mountain View. Data are objective and objective is undeniable. It makes about as much sense to argue against the numbers as it does to argue that the sun rises in the west. So we stopped having the spirited discussions over what creative would play out better in the market in favor of running them both and seeing what the people went for. Largely, I think the practice of marketing is better off for it. Data-driven is objective and that works, except when it doesn't. Company X, who could afford the Stanford-trained statistician and the $5,000 per month split-testing software, is working in a totally different world than your law firm unless your last name happens to be Morgan, Chilino, or Barnes. You both have data, but only the biggest guys have statistical significance. The ugly truth about statistical significance for law firms. If you've taken a course in statistics or can calculate poker odds in your head, skip this section. Otherwise, hang on for a bit. Let's say you have a coin. We all know the chance of heads or tails is 50-50. You flip that coin twice and it lands heads both times. By the data, coins land on heads 100% of the time. Now, that's an objective fact, but we know it's not representative of the true likelihood. If the coin was thrown 10 times, it's more likely that it would be 5 and 5, and it's even more likely if it was thrown 100 times that it would be 50 and 50, and so on. A million coin tosses would be pretty much exactly 500,000 heads. Over large numbers, the true likelihood of something overcomes randomness, which dominates at small numbers. Here's the problem. Most law firm marketing projects are closer to two coin tosses than 1 million by almost any measure you slice. Let's play with some numbers. All right, so let's take a solo practice that's spending $500 per month on Google AdWords. In most practice areas, this would get you about 50 clicks, and if you're really hot with conversion rate optimization, about 10 client opportunities. They try out their red button, green button test and get six conversions for red versus four for green. What a win. That's a 50% gain, and those dopes in the article only got 25%. Or is it? Running a chi-square test, uh, we're gonna have a link to the show notes for a calculator, we get the following results. No significant difference with a p-value of 48. We find out that it's not statistically significant. Not only that, but there's a 48% likelihood that this outcome was pure chance. But let's say it's a mid-sized firm spending $5,000 and add a zero to all those numbers. 
It turns out that it is more successful, but there's still a 2.53% chance that this was attributable to randomness, and that's a level most marketers, including myself, can live with. How this could be losing your firm money. There's no crime in not having statistically significant data. The problem comes in making marketing decisions as if the data were significant. The first way this can go sideways is making decisions that aren't backed up. If you pick a winner based on statistically non-significant data, you're running the risk that lower performing variations are winning, leaving your conversion rate, click-through rate, or anything the test was on underperforming for as long as you keep it, which could even be years. This can be compounded by the second even more insidious issue, taking an incremental approach to your marketing decisions. Large data sets afford the ability to be incremental. With tens of thousands of trials, you can run a red-green button test and get statistically significant lifts. There's an allure to the data-driven approach of almost letting machine learning take over the decision-making process for you. Just plug in elements and let the machine chop away bit by bit as your conversion rate keeps going up. The problem with that is letting go of the ability to go for the big changes. Incremental changes require a lot less courage, and after getting used to that approach, you might lose your ability to take a creative leap with big potential rewards. Small changes make small results. Where you end up seeing big changes are, not surprisingly, on big things like overhauling a site design, changing up an offer, or switching up creative from end to end. Making data-driven decisions on a smaller budget. Our first trick is changing the parameters you're working with. For example, that solo might have a tough time optimizing a low-funnel data set like leads because there are fewer of them, but maybe are able to target a high-funnel data set like clicks because there are more of them. For example, same solo firm looking at 1,000 impressions needed to get those 50 clicks, assuming one ad moved from 1.5% click-through rate to 3.5% click-through rate. So when we're running a chi-square test, we find out that that's actually statistically significant. Uh, not only that, it's to a p-value of 3.71%, so only a 3.7% chance it's coming through randomness. Now we're talking. But there's something built into those test results that's worth mentioning. The way significance is calculated, the difference has to be larger with smaller data sets. 1.5% to 3.5% conversion rate is over 100% difference, which leads to our next point, making bigger changes. From a practical perspective, this is how we rank the largest potential impacts for our clients at Case Fuel. Uh, so we're gonna start with the variable and then go with an example of that. First is channel. So that would be like going from AdWords, calling now, to Facebook, to a download, to SMS marketing. Two, offer. Uh, an example of this would be start rebuilding credit today versus start for $0 down. Three, headline. We fight for men's rights versus trusted Boston family law attorney. Four, demographics and geography. Trying city versus statewide. Five, landing page template. Example, single column versus two column. Six, above the fold landing page elements. Headler, header image, headline, that sort of thing. And seven, finally, the minor elements before the fold. This could be things like colors, fonts, and body text. As you notice, we aren't testing button colors until we've gotten juice out of bigger levers. It's hard to come up with ways to switch your offer, new headlines, or creative ways to target new people. And the last thing is run longer tests. It's not about the amount of money that you're spending per month. It's about the total trials for a split test. You might not be able to run a new test every week if you're having a smaller budget, but you might be able to run one and get statistically significant results every month or every quarter. Defeating dogma and getting real results. Ironically, the statistics PhDs actually have an easier job when it comes to split test suggestions because the amount of data they're working with, you don't need a huge shift. 
It takes creativity to make big changes and guts to accept what's possible if your results end up being worse than where you started, which will happen. You just have to dust yourself off and try again. But frankly, with the budgets most law firms are working with, that's the only way to play. Don't be blinded by the science. In the best case scenario, the data dogma approach can enable lazy thinking when it comes to split tests, but at worst, it's being used like a swinging pocket watch to separate hardworking law firms from their money. For more information on topics like this, make sure to check out the rest of this podcast. For more information on topics like this, make sure to subscribe and rate this podcast today. Thank you for listening to the Law Firm Growth Podcast. For show notes, free resources, and more, head on over to casefuel.com slash podcast. Looking forward to catching up on the next episode.